Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Dial 678-ESOG now for a solution to your foundation and waterproofing problems. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adam. It seems like a lot of times in life, there's what should be and there's what is. And no matter how much you want to argue about what kind of should be the case, reality sometimes just sort of takes its own form. And you kind of have to acknowledge that and accept what reality is. You know, for instance, when it comes to college football, I have often said that the Heisman Trophy, if we're going to give the award to the best player in college football, it ought to be equally available at all positions, right? Because it is certainly possible that the very best player in the country, in fact, oftentimes I think it is the case, that the best player in the country is something else other than quarterback. And yet, for the most part, this is kind of a quarterback's award. Now, it's not always that way. Uh, Devontae Smith won it as a wide receiver last year. We've seen running backs occasionally win it. Uh, you know, you see these guys kind of outside the quarterback world occasionally win the Heisman Trophy. But for the most part, the Heisman Trophy has largely been a, a, a quarterback's award. And you understand why that is to a degree. It's the most important position in all of team sports. No one could deny that. But however, I have often argued that even if it's not to the benefit of Georgia, I have often argued that if you want to truly make the award as good as it could be, as as special as it could be, then it ought to truly recognize the player that is the best in the country, regardless of the position that he plays. It shouldn't solely be kind of a de facto quarterback award. That's what should be. However, the reality is that quarterbacks just get more attention than players at other positions. And the voters that vote on this are influenced by that attention. So it's always going to be a quarterback's award. And it's frankly going to be you know, quarterback on the best team who has the best chance of sometimes winning this award. However, this year in college football is different than a lot of years in college football have been. And the weirdness of 2021, I think, creates an interesting opportunity for Georgia to do this season what might not normally be capable of being done because of the reality of just how how much quarterbacks dominate the Heisman chatter and how frequently quarterbacks win the Heisman Trophy. What I'm going to tell you here is, is that I don't believe there'll ever be a better chance, and there currently is right now in 2021, for a defensive player to win the Heisman Trophy. I think it's a possibility at least. Now, it's not the overwhelming possibility. It's not my prediction that it occurs. I'm not going to you know pound my fist on the test and say, this is the year it's going to happen. I'm just saying that it's more possible now than it's ever been before. And if it's going to happen this year, then a Georgia guy being the one that steps up and emerges there, I think it's fun to think about the chances that that might truly take place. Now, I'm going to tell you what some of the folks are saying about this here coming up in just a moment, though. Uh, so as a way of setting that up, let me kind of explain why this year just sort of feels like a little bit different year. If I were to ask you, not necessarily who you think should win the Heisman Trophy, but for those of you that follow this kind of stuff and pay close attention to it, if I were to ask you, who do you think will win the Heisman Trophy? In other words, predicting how you think the public at large is going to respond to the current landscape around college football. I'm not quite so sure there's a consensus answer. Like, I think you'd hear a lot of people say Matt Corral, the Ole Miss quarterback, but we also kind of know this. That for the most part, Heisman Trophy voters don't like giving the award to quarterbacks on less than a championship caliber team and Ole Miss is winning games they want to get on Saturday they also gave up you know half a hundred points or something like that to Arkansas this is not a very consequential team and 
while there are examples of kind of mediocre teams producing a Heisman winner, I guess most recently Lamar Jackson from Louisville, that's not typically the way all of this goes down very much. And so ultimately, I think there are a lot of voters that might end up voting for Corral if they don't have anybody else to vote for. But if you can make a strong case for somebody else other than a really good quarterback on sort of a middling, at least from the elite status, you know, kind of a below that that top national standard I think there are a lot of voters that would be very happy not to vote for Corral if you gave him another opportunity right now Bryce Young the Alabama quarterback you know a lot of times you kind of look to the Crimson Tide and say who's their guy because so frequently they've been in that discussion here it seems like in recent years I think Young's having a good year I think Young's a very good player but there's not a lot of momentum around Bryce Young at the moment there are a couple guys from Ohio State you might consider the uh, freshman running back Travion Henderson uh, uh, CJ Stroud who seems to be kind of getting better there as a quarterback but you know we don't really quite yet know what Ohio State is plus there's also the thought that these two Ohio State players might eventually split the vote Uh, anybody who's willing to look at a Buckeye player for that there may be a little bit of a vote split there when it comes to Henderson and Stroud there on that which opens the door for somebody else there again and then you eventually just get to this point What's been the best unit in the country thus far this year? I don't think there's any doubt it's been the Georgia defense. And yes, you've heard me say a lot over the course of the last couple of years that college football has become an offensive sport and the best offenses will beat the best defenses. But this is a year, though, in which we haven't really seen that great offense emerge as of yet the way that we had in the last three years in particular where the national champion was scoring 40-plus, almost 50-plus points per game. This type of year thus far, we're not really seeing that as of yet, which I think puts an even greater emphasis on what Georgia has been doing defensively here to this point. There's no doubt every stat tells you this, your own eye test tells you this, whatever, you know, whatever you're doing to experience college football this year, I don't think there's any way to avoid the fact that the best unit in the entire country country has been the Georgia defense so in a year in which it's kind of deserving that Georgia would get some of that attention and it's also just so happens to be the kind of year where there's no obvious pick at quarterback or anything else boy maybe all the more reason to argue for one of these Georgia guys to kind of represent the entirety of the Georgia defense and have a chance to win this award now let me kind of give you a couple of examples of some chatter starting to grow around that within the media sphere of the sport. Let's start with David Hale from ESPN. There was an article at ESPN.com in the last couple of days of we're at the halfway point of the regular season. Georgia's now played six games. A lot of teams in college football, most of them, have also kind of reached their halfway point of the regular season too. It's a good time to kind of check in on how things are going here at the moment. And one of the things that a kind of a group of ESPN writers was asked to do was make their case for someone winning the Heisman. And it's really interesting. You read from Andrew Adelson and David Hale and uh, a lot of the other folks that kind of wrote on this. There isn't this overwhelming consensus of anyone winning the award right now. Door open for something unorthodox, in other words. Let me read you a couple of sentences from David Hale. What he says, this is ESPN.com, about the Heisman Trophy. Uh, Hale says, can we give a combined award to the Georgia defensive front? The best player in college football this year might well be Dog's nose tackle Jordan Davis, but he's supplemented beautifully by Jalen Carter, Trayvon Walker, Devontae Wyatt, and N'Kobe Dean. That's David Hale, respected writer, ESPN.com, ESPN, the biggest brand in the sport, and on their platform making the case for kind of a collective Heisman for the Georgia defense, which obviously can't happen, 
but then Hale kind of singles out Jordan Davis in particular as maybe the guy that ought to be the representative of all that. And what's also interesting here is, is that Hale from ESPN is not the only one. There's a guy I saw, his name's RJ Young. Now, admittedly, I don't know much about RJ Young, uh, but uh, he's a Fox Sports analyst, I guess, of some uh, renown. He has his list of Heisman candidates up there on his own Twitter feed right now. And in his kind of power ranking of Heisman candidates right now, R.J. Young also has Jordan Davis, the uh, defensive tackle from Georgia, right there at the top of the list with a whole bunch of folks there uh, underneath that. Davis there at the top of that list. Now, we talked about this for a minute yesterday on our video at the end of Dog Nation Daily presented by ESOG. We had to do a thing called the R.S. Andrews Cooldown. We're taking some comments, things like that. And what I said is that if you really look at the player that's playing the absolute best for Georgia right now defensively, and if you want to use statistics as your guide for this, you might well conclude that N'Kobe Dean is actually the guy having the best overall season for Georgia. He had the great interception on Saturdays, for instance, on that. And Dean may well win the Buckus Award for all of that. But I think the words of, of, of David Hale here are probably pretty important that really the story of the Georgia defense this year is not any one guy standing out. In fact, we heard Kirby Smart the other day said, this is a unit right now without superstars. This is a unit right now where everybody's kind of playing together. And so many guys are playing at such a high level that you might have an internal debate amongst Georgia fans of, well, if you're going to get behind any Georgia defensive player for the Heisman, which guy most deserves it? Some people might say Dean on that. But I think David Hale kind of zeroes in something really important. That so much about the Heisman is the symbolic thing. As I said before, it has frequently been best quarterback on the best team. There's a symbolic, uh, intangible quotient that seems to factor into the Heisman discussion. And if you're going to do that with this Georgia defense, even though his statistics aren't quite as maybe dominant as what N'Kobe Deans has been, and even though he has plenty of help there on the defensive line with guys like Devontae Wyatt and Jalen Carter and the rest, there's no doubt that the spiritual, emotional leader for this Georgia defense is Jordan Davis, that he is the face of this group, even though he's not the only guy having a great season. The fact that David Hale, R.J. Young, uh, multiple you know rider analyst types noticing him, I think is all the fuel that you need for that. So here's my conclusion to all this. Do I really think that Jordan Davis is going to win the Heisman Trophy? No, admittedly, even, even in a weird year like this, that may still be a step too weird. But I've been thinking about this a lot the last couple of days, coming off the game against Auburn. Could you get him to New York City as a Heisman finalist? And would that be like the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life? Yeah, it probably would be one of the coolest things I, I, I've seen. And yes, I know that the real goal is team success and national championships and all that. I, I, I totally get all of that. That doesn't mean you can't have a little fun there along the way. And I think this would be really fun. And I think it's the kind of thing that I don't know how much Georgia as an institution can get behind this now because programs don't seem to do that much anymore. But could we as Dog Nation, and I mean both the brand and the collective fan base that makes up Dog Nation – could we get behind this a little bit more? I think there might be an opportunity to do this. I think if we wanted to, we could get JD to NYC. I, I really, really do. And I think that's a task maybe worth trying. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. And glad to have you with us, no matter how you get to us today, live on video, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, on the radio at noon on Athens Sports Radio 960 The Ref. We start at 945 with our first and 15, dognation.com and the Dog Nation app and podcast form, the Apple Player, the 
uh, Spotify, uh, all the different podcasts. Honestly, it's been a gigantic year for our podcast, and that's been so much fun to be able to see. So many of you have kind of tuned in this year. I have such, such uh, tremendous gratitude for all of that. Thank you so much for really making this a, a great year for uh, all of us, and I just I, I can't thank you enough. I don't take it for granted. We work hard to try to deliver content for you, and when you show up for us the way that you have this year, Boy, it just really means the world to me. So thank you so much for that. And a big thanks to our friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia to make it all possible. You know, we get a chance to be in this great studio. We have a terrific producer today and Connor Riley. And all of the resources, we have a brand new studio about to open. All those resources made possible because uh, of our great sponsors, including our friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia today. And not only do they do all that for us, they can do big things for you there as well when it comes to your foundation, your waterproofing issues, your house. These are the kinds of things as a homeowner that can give you some angst. We had a lot of rain this fall, and you notice that intrusion of water when it does rain. Basement, crawl space, garage, things like that. Well, it's time to put Engineered Solutions of Georgia to work for you. Not only on that waterproofing stuff, when you see those cracks in the walls that can be a sign of a foundation issue, all the more reason to get ESOG on the job. They had two full-time engineers on staff. That means when it comes to understanding everything that impacts the structural integrity of your home engineered solutions of georgia is there to understand it they're a solutions-based company they're there to solve your problem sometimes it's a small simple fix sometimes it's something more complicated either way esog is ready to be on the job they're proud partners of uga which makes them fun to do business with and they're longtime friends of ours here on dog nation daily we consider them some of our just really most important allies as we uh um uh, you know, share UGA football information with you each and every day. So easy to get in touch with. Simply give them a call, 678-ESOG-NOW. That's 678-ESOG-NOW, and that'll get you in touch with Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Make sure you check them out today. All right, for us, busy show. Later on before we're done, Brad Nessler will call the game for Georgia on CBS on Saturday. Uh, we'll talk to him about the dogs in Kentucky and what Brad saw this past Saturday night in the primetime tilt when Alabama went down at the hands of Texas A&M. Also, Connor Riley coming up in a couple of minutes there as well. So fun, fun show for us. For now, though, let's go around the doghouse here today, and it's presented by our friends at Georgia's Own Credit Union. And isn't it interesting the way in which the people outside the, the bubble of dog nation right now are talking about the UGA quarterback situation, taking something that's, I think, an unquestionable good, and I think kind of whether it's intentionally or accidentally or whatever else, kind of turning into something that's less positive than maybe I think it appears to be to some of us. For instance, look at Greg McElroy, ESPN analyst. He's also a radio show on WJOX in Birmingham, and it was on his radio show that he was quoted this on going back to yesterday as saying that Kirby Smart has got a dilemma that he's facing in terms of when JT Daniels is healthy, what do you do again? Let me show you this uh, tweet as shared by our friends at Saturday Down South about, guess what, uh, Greg McElroy says. According to SDS, McElroy says Kirby Smart must stick with Stetson Bennett. You can't, this, this is the quote apparently from McElroy, you can't justify taking him out, that Kirby Smart's hand is forced. Is there some sort of law, I guess? There's some sort of like constitutional amendment that says that you can't put JT Daniels back in the game, at least according to uh, Greg McElroy. That was also interesting, Jake Gaines, former Georgia player, now terrific football coach there in the state of Alabama with a very, very powerful program in the Yellowhammer State. He's got a little bit of a stakeholder interest in UGA. He had a couple of interesting tweets as of late about what's happening with Bennett while he's playing in place of JT Daniels. Uh, going back to a Sunday, Jake tweets the dog fans uh, 
uh, say there's not a quarterback controversy, but there kind of is, and he has the, uh, the, the sipping tea thing there. And then he comes back on top of that to say, all I'm going to say is Stetson's 10 times harder to prepare for than JT Daniels is. The ability to have a design quarterback run and how he can extend plays with his feet completely changes the defense's game plan. JT is awesome, but you know what you're getting. In other words, the, the dimension of Stetson Bennett's legs, according to Jay Gaines, potentially makes him a better option than, than JT Daniels. Look, I like Jay uh, Gaines a lot. I, I respect his knowledge of football, and he was certainly a very good player for Georgia. I think Jake, in that particular instance, is taking things too far. And with Greg McElroy, as I said a moment ago, I think McElroy is taking what has been an unquestionable positive for Georgia and turning it into a negative. In other words, the story goes from being how how lucky Georgia is to have a quality backup quarterback playing in place of JT Daniels. A guy like McElroy says, well, because Bennett has played so well, now he's making it impossible to play JT Daniels again, when obviously Kirby Smart's under no such obligation to keep things the way they are. What would Kirby Smart do if JT Daniels is completely healthy this Saturday? Smart was asked that question directly yesterday, and he kind of sidestepped it a bit. This is Kirby Smart. You know how I feel about hypotheticals. So it's just a hypothetical. I mean, we, we're trying to get JT back. He, he is much improved this last week at the end of the week. He had a, a really productive throwing session. I guess it was Thursday maybe. And then uh, for the game, he was able to throw more than he was the previous week. Uh, he's gonna, we're going to try to let him throw some today, although today will be a lighter practice. Our guys have gone really six consecutive heavy heavy weeks. So uh, heavy, uh, even on Mondays, we've gotten after it in some of the games that um, didn't go to the fourth quarter. We, we, we practiced pretty hard on Monday. So today that won't be the case. And we had a really physical two games in a row with the Arkansas game and the, the Auburn game. So there won't be so much we're able to get done today. Uh, but we'll look, see how he is and see where he is and, and see what he can do. That's always the case. But I mean, I'm not getting into that right now I'm worried about making sure we got a healthy quarterback and keeping our quarterbacks healthy by keeping them upright and keeping them protected I think Smart's approach there and the words that he uses are very appropriate what has happened for Georgia over the last couple of weeks has been undeniably good Stetson Bennett is playing well enough that you don't have to rush JT Daniels back if he's hurting if he's not able to practice which I've said over and over again is a very important part of this discussion if 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 Daniels is held back because of the, the, the pain tolerance and, and the ability to kind of go out there and work during the week to get ready for the games, then, boy, aren't you fortunate that you've got a guy like Stetson Bennett that allows Daniels to apparently get the rest that he needs. And it doesn't have to mean more than that right now. Um, I, I kind of reject the idea that Bennett is so mobile that it makes him more difficult to prepare for than Daniels. I kind of reject that as an idea, you know, for the most part. However, there's no denying that Bennett played at a very high level for you on Saturday against Auburn, and when he's played for the most part this season, has also played at a very high level there as well. He is giving Georgia capable quarterback play in absence of the starting quarterback. Most teams in the country do not have a backup quarterback that could play as well as Bennett's playing right now. And for that, for now, that's enough for me. I don't have to make it more than it is. Quarterback controversy, don't believe that it is one. But you also don't have to make it be one of these panic situations where you're desperate to find out when JT Daniels is coming back. Right now, you don't have to worry about that too much because the guy who is playing in place of Daniels, 
as some of these folks have said, is indeed, for the moment, playing pretty well. That is Around the Doghouse. It's uh, presented today by our friends at Georgia's Own Credit Union, and I love Georgia's Own Credit Union for so many reasons, but one of the things I really love about Georgia's Own is the great Visa Signature and Platinum cards they have available uh, for their members right now. What an unbelievable opportunity this is to take advantage of the contactless uh, payments for you want a convenient way to make your payments there. They'll obviously give you a chance to do that, but also people love the Flex Rewards uh, and can be used for just about anything. I'm talking about gift cards, travel, cash back, merchandise. You can also get a bonus of up to $150 when you open a new Platinum or Signature card. There are some restrictions that apply, so make sure you check out the website to learn more about this. It's georgiasown.org georgiasown.org. You can find out how you can get yourself a Visa signature or platinum card from our friends at Georgia's Own Credit Union here today. It is Brad Nessler from CBS Sports coming up in a little bit. We'll talk to him about kind of where things stand for Georgia now that Alabama's lost and Georgia's keeping on uh, moving here for right now. So we'll talk a lot about all of that with Brad Nessler here coming up in just a little bit. But for now, on the quarterback situation in Georgia, the mounting injuries, how things are going with UGA with all the attention it's gotten over the last few days. Let's find about all of that and so much more as we do a fresh take presented by Kroger with Connor Riley right now. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. And we shall say hello to a Connor Riley. Kroger fresh take coming up with him. Connor actually wrote, but the quarterback situation here today at dognation.com. And I hope you'll check that out there a little bit there as well. And I don't mind people expressing opinions, but when people express opinions, even when it's guys that we respect, we're going to kind of say when we disagree. And Connor, as I said a moment ago, I like Jay Gaines a lot. I disagree with the idea that Stetson Bennett being 10 times more difficult to prepare for than JT Daniels is. I think that's overstating things a bit. And for any media person, I know there was some criticism of the CBS broadcast on Saturday, maybe kind of spinning this a little too hard there as well. Any media person that tries to take what has been an unquestionable good thing for Georgia, the way that Bennett's played, and turn that into some sort of conundrum for Kirby Smart, I think that's overstating things there as well. Most teams in the country don't have a backup capable of playing as effectively as Stetson Bennett has played the last few weeks for Georgia. That's the story, and for me, it doesn't have to be any more than that. What do you think? It's interesting how this quarterback – I'm not calling this a controversy because I don't believe it to be one. Sure. But it's, it's interesting how Kirby Smart always finds himself in the middle of a quarterback dilemma, let's say. Um, you know, Not all of it is his doing. I don't believe this is his doing. Stetson Bennett had the audacity to go out there and play a really good game against Auburn on Saturday, and you now want to hold this against Kirby Smart because JT Daniels hasn't been able to stay and get healthy this season. I, I don't think that's fair uh, uh, on Smart, and I would even say the 2020 situation is not a fair assessment of Kirby Smart and the way he has handled quarterbacks before as well. Stetson Bennett has played really well. Uh, th- there's no real denying that, and I'd point out, as Kirby has, he played well last year, but in his fourth start, the wheels sort of started to come off. He didn't score at all in the second half there against Alabama after putting Georgia in position to have a lead in that game. And then against Kentucky, he played and in, in led Georgia on their worst offensive game in the season in terms of a points output there that day and was intercepted twice. And, you know, it'll be interesting if he does get the start. I don't think that he does. I think we see JT Daniels this Saturday. But he did not play very well against Kentucky last year, and with the way this Kentucky team is set up, they're much more susceptible against the pass than they are in the run this year. And if you're going to need Stetson Bennett to make throws to beat you, 
then it's going to be interesting to see if he can do that against a team that really, I think, had him figured out pretty well last season. Yeah, I don't think you can talk about this without also the larger context that 2021 does feel a little bit different than previous years have felt. Now, right now, you look around the country and say there may not be like one of these great teams. It could also turn out that Georgia's that team, yeah. and, and we just may continue to see the evolution of that over the course of the season. But speaking in the first person as Georgia for a moment – you know, you're not panicked when you look across and see a Mac Jones at Alabama the way you did in 2020 or a Joe Burrow at LSU the way you did in 2019. That in, in, in those seasons with those teams, you knew it took something close to a perfect game to beat them. When you look at your competition for a national championship right now, you don't see a team that's so good that perfection is required to beat them. All you have to do is keep being consistently good week to week to week. And that's one of the reasons why Stetson Bennett's so deserving of praise right now is that he's allowing Georgia to to meet the standard week to week of consistent success. And the idea, well, he's not as good as the very best quarterback in the country. That seems like a relatively irrelevant conversation to have right now because so much of what Georgia's doing is really about the balance of the team, complementary football with the defense and the offense, the running game, and the way in which some of these young, unheralded wide receivers have have stepped up so soon, that Georgia really is a little bit of a team story right now, and it's kind of a complementary football you know type story, and Stetson Bennett, I think, fits really well into that. So to me, you really can't talk about Bennett without also talking about the larger landscape of college football or right now there isn't one of these behemoths at quarterback that's leading his team to kind of run away from the pack yeah I think Georgia they have some some glaring flaws on this team you know the depth at the wide receiver position I think the depth in the secondary is also a concern as well as Christopher Smith goes down and you know questionable at best if he's going to be able to go this week and it just hasn't mattered in games. They still beat Auburn by 24 points when they were clearly banged up. Only had five healthy wide receivers able to play on Saturday. So it is, to your point, a sort of team-earned recognition. Now, one thing I would push back on is you people have pointed to, oh, well, if Zach Calzada can beat this Alabama team, then yeah. you know this Alabama team is susceptible. Zach Calzada had the game of his life on Saturday. In the two games prior that Texas A&M lost, he threw for a combined 286 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Against Alabama, he threw for 285 yards and three touchdowns. It's still a very good game there for Mr. Calzada. And while, yes, Stetson Bennett has played well here, if you're banking on Stetson Bennett having the game of his life as a way to go out and beat Texas a- or to beat Alabama that's not a sound strategy and that Texas A&M defense is pretty good still I, I, I think and, and Bryce Young in the second half really got things going there and I think as this Alabama offense continues to get better while yes they lost on Saturday and quite frankly a game I think if they play that game seven eight times I think they find a way to win or excuse me if they play that game ten times I think they find a way to win it seven eight times I still think this Alabama team is going to be there at the end of the season I still think they're going to be a problem and this is a more personal than analytical-based thing. I still believe JT Daniels gives you the greatest margin of error to win, even if Stetson Bennett does add two to three rushing plays per game that get you first downs or make a difference. But let's not mistake him for Lamar Jackson here with his running ability. Yeah, I think either. that's true. And I'll also say this, and it'll be my last thought on the subject. I think it's fairly obvious that Georgia needs Daniels to beat the best teams they're mm-hmm. going to face, which Alabama probably is that. But I think for now – the Georgia players believing in Bennett's really, really important. So I kind of understand why why Kirby will say what he says. I, I get all of that until Daniels is fully able to practice for you each and every week and play for you each and every week. The belief that Georgia has in Bennett is a really valuable commodity. So even though as kind of a football analyst type person, I can say, nah, it's probably Daniels required to beat Alabama. As a fan of Georgia, 
I'm glad to hear this team believes in Bennett because the belief they have in him, I think, is pretty good fuel for the moment. Yeah, if you go back to the UAB game and look at the toxicity surrounding Stetson Bennett and the decision to start him over Carson back, I do think Smart is justified, and I, in my opinion, rightly doing so in saying Stetson Bennett is doing a good job and giving him that confidence because that has not always been the case with Stetson Bennett in this Georgia program. And two, he is playing really well. He was really efficient on Saturday, 240 yards on 21, on 21 passing attempts and two touchdowns. Unlike maybe the Arkansas game and definitely in the South Carolina game, it didn't look like he made a throw that was interceptable in that game. I think he's shown, and people don't always give him the benefit of the doubt the way we give certain other players the benefit. Stetson Bennett's allowed to get better, and I think mm. pretty clearly in this 2021 season, even from where when he was playing well in 2020, he's gotten better this year. So let me shift gears here to something I mentioned on the top of the program today, which is that I don't truly believe Jordan Davis can win the Heisman, and I'm not even quite so sure right now he's the Georgia defensive player that's playing the best, but to borrow a phrase from politics, he's probably the most electable right now, and from that standpoint, I think we should try to get behind a little bit of push to get J.D. to New York City. As a Heisman finalist, a Georgia defensive player, I think it would be a tremendous honor, even if you're not going to quite garner enough votes to win the award. In a year like this, this unit is so deserving of these kinds of accolades. Davis representing the team vibe this, this unit's had the entire time. I think if the push was prolific enough I think you could get Davis to New York as a Heisman finalist and I am announcing my intention to campaign for Davis here right now why is Jordan Davis more electable than a Kobe Dean because I got people that are you know 10 you know thousand miles away mentioning Davis more than Dean I think that Davis is the face of the group I, I think that um, Dean's stats are better. I just think it's easier to make the push for Jordan Davis because you've already got media types kind of already talking about Davis a little bit there, there, there anyway. Some things are just true because they are. In the case of Davis, he's just the easiest one to sell for. Can I paint you a scenario? Yeah. Third and eight, three minutes and 33 seconds left. Georgia has a six-point lead over Alabama, and they need a stop. Is Jordan Davis on the field? No, and you're you're probably right about that. And I I think there's a chance that Kobe Dean's having the best year of any Georgia defender. I think that there's a very good chance that's true. And if he was here right now, I would say, listen, I'm sorry that you're not going to get this push. But my, I mean, we we do this all the time. It's like, you know, there is certain things in sports that kind of have, have happened from sort of a symbolic in sort of a symbolic way. And there's a symbolism to Davis, the fact that he came back for senior year, the fact that he's been willing to forego his own stats to open up opportunities for guys like N'Kobe Dean. He's someone that's fame seems to be growing a little bit. He's great in the interview situation, not that N'Kobe's not, but Jordan Davis is, is great there. I just think it's a little easier to sell Davis than Dean for the award, for the attention, even though statistically, and even from a highlight standpoint really as well, even though um, – uh, you know, there's a lot of case to be made for a guy like Dean. It's easier to sell Davis. And part of my thing here is the fact that the Ohio State guys, you know, the running back and the quarterback may split the vote a little bit. I can't have the Georgia defenders splitting the vote because I can't get a guy to New York City if I'm splitting the vote amongst more multiple guys. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. I think you have if, if Georgia's going to push someone for a Heisman and they're not because Kirby Smart has said he doesn't believe there's a true superstar in this team, so he's not going to try and elevate one player over the other in this circumstance. I, I think you kind of brush through it there but Jordan Davis is a much bigger personality and while the Kobe Dean is not bad in interviews 
Jordan Davis is much better in interviews. And because of that, I, I think that's probably why you're going to see him maybe become the public face of this and the push of this. However, in my heart of hearts, I think N'Kobe Dean is, is playing better than anyone on this Georgia defense right now. He is impacting the game in, in both the run game and as a pass rusher. He had an interception on Saturday. He did the cool thing where he like flipped off oh, his yeah. back. The heartbreak kid. He is just – he's an incredible player, and I understand why Davis is getting the hype that he is. And he's an incredible player in his own right. But I think if Georgia wanted to make a very real case – for a defensive player to win the Heisman, not get to New York. My goal is to win the Heisman. My, my goal is not to be the vice president here. I, I, I think it's Dean because you also have the factor of, hey, you know, Georgia produced Roquan Smith. N'Kobe Dean is the next Roquan Smith. I think that's an easy angle to sell as Georgia plays in against Florida, against Alabama, and the SEC championship again as the go, season goes along. So the quote that I read from David Hale a moment ago really reminds me of – like a few years ago, like when the Atlanta Hawks really had it cooking and like all five of their starters kind of combined for, I think it was Eastern Conference Player of the Month or some award like that. Um, like what David Hale writes about Georgia is it's almost like a combined award. And my idea for the push for Jordan Davis kind of based on the same thing there as well, that Davis is just the physical embodiment of what really should be a team award. Like if you're going to give – I mean, the best thing in college football right now is the Georgia defense. So the Heisman Trophy is kind of the acknowledgement of the best player. In this particular case, it's one player who just kind of represents what Georgia's doing in totality on defense. The whole thing's symbolic. The whole thing is just meant to be a placeholder for what you really want to say, which is in this season of chaos, the Georgia defense is so dominant that Georgia's not a participant in that chaos. Davis stands as the face because of his team-first nature. He stands as the face for what really should be 11 guys in the Georgia defense all standing there at the Downtown Athletic Club to get that honor. Yeah, unfortunately, there are a lot of mouth breathers uh, that have Heisman Trophy votes, and so because of that, I think they're pretty clear. They're, they're going to look at stats. They're going to look at numbers, and, and because of that, I think it's just ultimately going to make it very difficult for Davis to even get to New York, much less actually win the, the greater award. It's our Kroger Fresh Date with Connor Riley here today, and of course, with Kroger, you can feed your future by getting a job at Kroger. They're hiring right now for all positions, and includes top-tier benefits, associate discounts. You can also get next-day pay for full and part-time positions it's a very very great opportunity because at a time like this the the chances to advance are almost endless right you've got so many different ways you can grow in your career and really set yourself up for a very bright future uh Kroger obviously one of the great places to work as so many of our folks uh and our audience can kind of attest to there so check out jobs.kroger.com that's jobs.kroger.com for a lot more on that there today Kroger fresh take rolling on here for a moment I talked to John Stinchcomb about this yesterday Connor I'll ask you a similar question right now George was banged up before Auburn and the injury list became even longer after Auburn a lot of these were costly at least the potential to be both your safeties Lewis seeing Christopher Smith step out of the game the Smith thing seemed to be a little bit more serious right now uh Jamari Salyer had to leave the game albeit under his own power but did not come back in Georgia, what it's done overcoming injuries thus far has been amazing, but when does it become too much? You would think losing Jamari Sawyer would push it that way, but then Project Jones comes in and, and probably plays the best half of football he's played in a Georgia uniform. And now that's not to say that he's he's better than Jamari Sawyer is. That's just not true, but I think it speaks to the depth on this team. And, yes, wide receiver in the secondary are areas where they are thin right now. I'm sure people aren't thrilled that Dan Jackson is stepping in at that secondary spot, even though he's played very well for Georgia when he's been asked to. So, you know, I understand that the concerns about injuries, but at certain spots they're going to be good. If, if God forbid, N'Kobe Dean picks up an injury or, you know, Jordan Davis who got injured against Kentucky last year has to miss a game or two. 
they have the depth in, in certain spots. I think offensive line, the defensive front, running back room to withstand some of these injuries. Now, obviously, Smith is a guy that needs to get healthy, and it sounds like he may only just miss the Kentucky game, which would be nice there. And, you know, eventually the wide receiver position gets healthy, though at this point in the year I'm still skeptical of that because we've been saying it now for the better part of six weeks, and it's just not happened. If anything, it's gotten worse from where it was. So, you know, a wide receiver, it's concerning. It's secondary, it's concern- It's a little concerning because they are just so thin there, especially at the safety position. But from a, a team-wide standpoint – I don't think this impacts the, the Kentucky game. I don't even think it impacts the Florida game if, if some of these injuries linger a little bit longer. Obviously, you know, Alabama, college football playoff teams, I think at that point it does. But for right now, with the way this Georgia team is playing, and to Kirby Smart's point about there is no superstar on this team, I think the, the, the depth and the overall talent level for this team is so good that they're able to withstand an injury to their best offensive linemen, to one of their starting safeties, to some of these guys that for a lot of other teams would be indispensable. But for Georgia, they have the depth there to replace them and and not have a big drop-off. A lot of attention on the Georgia program right now, ranked number one in the polls, ESPN game day, back for the second consecutive week, back on CBS again for another week here as well. What do you make of the buzz being generated? I love what, speaking of John Stinchcomb, what he said yesterday, it feels hard-earned. It seems like it would be disrespect not to give Georgia this attention right now. What do you make of all the buzz around the program here at the moment? Yeah, even if Alabama had found a way to win on, on Saturday and, and held off Texas A&M there in a game that they actually led in the fourth quarter, Georgia's still been the best team every time they've, they've stepped on the field this season. And I don't mean the best team in the stadium that day because that's obvious. I'm, I'm talking about the best team in the country. I think when you consider that JT Daniels was pretty clearly playing with an oblique injury through that Clemson game, you wonder if he's healthy in that game. Is that game maybe perhaps a little bit more lopsided? Uh, you know, I understand, especially within the Georgia aspect, the Georgia State aspect of this, you know, the Atlanta sports curse, the Georgia sports curse, sports curse and whatnot. But this Georgia team has lined up and just kicked behind every single Saturday. They've aced every single test they have so far. And while a lot of people are going up there and inciting the chaos season, this Georgia team has had none of that so far. And that might be whistling past the graveyard, but this Georgia team has showed up every single Saturday and showed, hey, we think we're the best team in the nation, and we're going to go out there and play like that. I think you're going to see that again on Saturday against Kentucky. There's a reason the spread is 24 points, and I would not be surprised in the slightest if we have another Georgia blowout on our hands. Connor, great stuff. Look forward to reading a lot more from you there at dognation.com. Really, really insightful as the dogs roll through what has been a special season up to this point in time. It's been a lot of fun for fans in the second half, and then what comes in the postseason after that could be even better. So we'll stay close to you for all of your information and all that as all of that unfolds in the weeks to come yep as always was a pleasure ba let's take a look around the rest of the league this is sec through we'll go cruise around the sec here in uh, just a moment and we will do so with a comment from a rider that i do not believe that Alabama fans are going to like very much. We'll do that here coming up in just a moment. We'll also remind you the cruise around the SEC is brought to you by our friends at Royal Caribbean. It's so great to have Royal Caribbean back with us, what we're doing here, because it means that Royal Caribbean's also back on the seas again there as well. There are ships available to you right now. And, you know, listen, one of the things that I hear so much, and I know my family really excited about there too, getting a chance to hopefully go see very soon, it's that perfect day Coco Cay. This is a private island for Royal Caribbean, exclusive to Royal Caribbean right there in the Bahamas. 
and it's really like an oasis getaway unlike maybe anything you've ever seen before obviously you've got the beautiful tranquil waters of the uh, bahamas all around you there but you've also got on the island what the largest freshwater pool in the bahamas the helium balloon that takes you up 450 feet in the air tallest water slide in north america you've got these like private floating cabanas which really make you feel like i mean you've just traveled to paradise it is all amazing stuff and it's a part of so many of the cruise itineraries the destinations on so many of the sailings that royal caribbean's a part of there right now so if you haven't taken your cruise vacation yet it's very easy to get to like port canaveral which is you know kind of just you know you kind of head towards orlando and you're kind of right over there it's easy drive probably the easiest way to get on a royal caribbean cruise right now is heading over to port canaveral it's when i've sailed that's when i've that's the port i've always used because it's very convenient to get to so I'll encourage you to do that. I'll also encourage you to take the next step by talking to our friends at the Cruise and Vacation Authority. It's owned by two dog alumni, so folks that really love UGA but also love helping people take unforgettable vacations, and that's what Royal Caribbean provides there as well. So you can reach out to them, tcava.com. That's tcava.com. That's the website. Or give them a call, 770-952-8300. Once again, 770-952-8300 for a lot more on that. It's cruising around the SEC here with Royal Caribbean, as I promised you. I want to give you some pretty volatile quotes here. Matt Hayes, writer, uh, veteran college football writer, a guy that's been around for a long time. We like him a lot. We, we think he has some interesting things to say sometimes. And writing a piece recently, uh, Saturday Down South, looking at the struggles of Alabama defensively. Now, let me read you a little bit of this here. This is pretty juicy. He says, Alabama can't play defense. That's the headline. Why, he asks, because Kirby Smart is at Georgia. Matt Hayes says, I don't want to get on a soapbox, but there's no real mystery here. Want to know why Alabama doesn't play defense like it used to? Blame Kirby Smart, he says. In the aftermath of Alabama getting exposed again this season in a 41-38 loss to A&M, legitimate question about the state of the Crimson Tide defense over the past four seasons. And if it might just keep Nick Saban's team from the college football playoff for the second time in three years. And basically what Hayes goes on to say is, is that it's the aftermath of trying to replace Kirby Smart. Well, you did have Jeremy Pruitt and he was successful, but Tosh Lapoy doesn't really work out for you. Pete Golding doesn't appear to work out too well right now. And it kind of gets overlooked because of the offensive transformation that Alabama's undergone during all of this time. But concurrent to that there's also been the give back Alabama not as physical as it once was and Nick Saban struts around he's so proud to tell folks how willing he was to change remember he was quoted 100 times in that ESPN story the other day praising Lane Kiffin which the whole thing to me seemed like a pretty big subtweet of Kirby Smart almost like Kiffin uh, almost like Smart was saying let me try those names one more time almost like Saban was saying that Kiffin was his favorite son ex-assistant and Kirby Smart's the guy he doesn't want anybody thinking about but Kirby Smart's departure, according to a guy like Hayes, who is a veteran and kind of knows a lot about what's uh, going on in the world, says, no, look at this Alabama defense in the post-Kirby Smart era, and you definitely see something to be desired. or you, you, know, you Something is certainly left to be desired there. I find that fascinating. And I am not ready to change my mind that college football has become a sport about whose offense plays the best, and that being the thing that matters most. Boy, oh boy, uh, you can't help but notice there's a certain lack of physicality, and it's hurt Alabama in both of its true road games this year. They were lucky to beat Florida. They did not beat Texas A&M. This is not the Nick Saban Alabama of old. Some of that five-star talent, some of that mentality seems to exist more in Athens right now, and pretty interesting to hear a guy like uh, Matt Hayes, who's now writing for Saturday Down South, kind of point a lot of that kind of stuff out. Uh, I also talked to you about this on our first and 15 a little earlier you're seeing some chatter come out of the Kentucky circles, and I'm sure we'll talk more about this as the week goes on, about what happened when these two teams that will play 
in a top 10 matchup in Athens on Saturday, what happens when those two teams played in 2018? This was in Lexington, Kroger Field, Commonwealth Stadium. Kentucky could have won that game and gone to the SEC Championship. That was a one-game play-in for the SEC Championship game there, and uh, it did not uh, happen there at that time. Uh, Kentucky lost 37-10. to It was probably a bigger win for Georgia than some people probably realize all the way around. But for Kentucky, they clearly remember it, remember, remember it because it was an opportunity to home they weren't able to take advantage of. And you've heard some Kentucky players this week saying, we weren't ready then, but we are going to be ready now. And obviously, that's going to be a big storyline going to the game on Saturday. One more thing I'll mention here as a part of our SEC throw. That was interesting from Tom Fornelli, CBS Sports, looking at the playoff landscape right now. We've obviously talked about the possibility you get two SEC teams in the college football playoff. Fornelli also pointing out with the success that Iowa's had here and with what's happening in the east side there in the Big Ten, uh, the possibility that you could also get two Big Ten teams in the playoff there as well. Kind of an interesting comparison going on between these two leagues. Clearly the class of college football right now, SEC and Big Ten. And the Big Ten also trying to make its push for potentially multiple teams in the college football playoff there as well. Pretty interesting stuff, and we'll obviously talk more about that in the week to come. That's Cruise Run the SEC, brought to you by our friends at Royal Caribbean. And here on uh, Dog Nation Daily, let's get ready to turn our attention now, uh, presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia, to the guy who will call the game on Saturday uh, on CBS for Georgia-Kentucky and also had a uh, thrilling game this past week with uh, Alabama and Texas A&M. It is Brad Nessler from CBS Sports back here again in our program. Brad, thanks so much for making some time for us here. When I know it's a busy week for you, we really appreciate it. Yeah, you got it, Brandon. Good to be with you. So uh, before we get into the Georgia part of this, I have to ask you, you know, we were driving back from Auburn on Saturday night watching the uh, game on our phones, of course, uh, safely, of course, driver was not, but uh, those of us (laughs) in the vehicle were, and you had a great line at halftime about how, you know, you and uh, Gary Danielson aren't typically in that spot where you're having to say, what does Alabama do to get back in this football game? That's just such an unusual thing for a CBS telecast to have to say. So I have to ask you, in that scene in College Station on Saturday, what was it like seeing Alabama go down? I have to imagine for those Aggies fans, they were beside themselves. And as a TV product, it certainly came shining through on the screen the other night. Yeah, it was uh, it was a strange, a strange day altogether. You know, it's just I think the fans showed up in record numbers. And to be honest with you, I think they just wanted to see the number one team in the nation. I don't think they had that much faith in their own team after the previous couple of weeks. And I guess we probably didn't need it, Brandon, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, you know, I'd had Texas A&M two weeks before that against Arkansas, and I thought, uh, you know, this is not going to be pretty sight when Alabama gets there. And, you know, the coaching job that Jimbo did, uh, his defense, Mike Elko, his defensive coordinator, I mean, I, you never have a perfect game. And if you give up 38 points, not a perfect game, I get it. But um, the play calling on both sides I thought was sensational. And, and then the scene at, at the end, um, uh, you know, 107,000 people were there, and, and there's going to be 300,000 people that claim they were there, you know, for <laughs> years to come. It, it, was, it was that kind of scene, and, uh, you know, um, just great college football weekend all the way around. Saturday was unbelievable, and, you know, I don't usually get a chance to watch the early games, maybe here and there, sure. but in, on one of our monitors in the booth, but literally got to watch – uh, the majority of Texas, Oklahoma, and uh, and Ole Miss and Arkansas, and, and that that was just kind of, you know, the appetizer to what we had. And then the night games were great too. But all the way around, it was 
something I didn't see coming. I just didn't expect it at all. You know, it's kind of an unusual year in that we're halfway through the regular season and Georgia's been on CBS, but you actually haven't seen Georgia in person as of yet. I know you're watching a lot of film and getting ready for the game on Saturday. What do you make of the start, number one in the country right now? Uh, how impressed have you been with what Georgia has done, also under unusual circumstances, a lot of injuries, clearly JT Daniels uh, not playing. What have you thought of the Georgia team that you're preparing to see in person on Saturday? Well, I think it's the, the best team Kirby's had and the deepest team he's had, and I think the depth part is the good part. And most people don't have you know one quarterback, much less have two. And, and this year, I don't think, I don't look at Stetson Bennett as this cute little story like you and I probably talked about last year, you know, prior to Florida. Uh, it's, I, I don't really care who plays quarterback for Georgia, and I don't think the players care, and I, I don't think the coaches really care. I mean, they've both done a great job. You know, Stetson's had a lot more snaps now, actually, than JT has. So um, whoever's in that spot is very capable. I think the threat of the run that Stetson gives them is, is almost better in some cases. I mean, some of the plays he made with his feet, uh, the other day against Auburn were, I thought, game changers. You know, that one scramble where he goes for, I don't know, it seemed like he went for 30 yards. I really don't know how long it was. I was just kind of watching. Sure, but, sure. Um, I, I just, you know, and the fact that, you know, they came into the season with question mark at wide receiver because of injuries and, you know, the young guys that have just showed up and McConkey and A.D. Mitchell and um, uh, Brock Bowers. I mean, there's depth there that I didn't know was going to be there. You know, I guess – it really does help to have spring ball because some of those guys just showed up for spring and then fall, and here they are, and they're stars already. And and then on the defensive side, I mean, I don't know how much more you can say about their defense. Yeah. Just off the charts, it doesn't happen anymore, really. Uh, you might get one or two teams that are lucky enough to hold teams to five and a half points a game, but it's, it, it really doesn't happen in modern football anymore, I don't think. So, really impressed. They got a tough, tough game, though. I mean, Kentucky's good, man. So, uh, we're looking forward to it. We've we love, obviously, I know Kirby said one's just a number in front of your team. Well, the programmers at CBS, that number one is a big deal. <laughs> and, and Dan Weinberg, our programming guy that puts the games together and basically makes the call on, on a six- or 12-day basis on what games we're going to do. When we saw this coming and saw Kentucky playing better and better, it was like, uh, it looks like we're going to be in Athens. And then when it happens and Kentucky you know, levels LSU and almost gets to the top ten and Alabama losing, so... That number one in front of Georgia uh, is a programmer for CBS, and I'm not one. But when you have a number one before the number, it means something to us. <laughs> On the Kentucky side of this for a moment, you know, the first four wins of the season, you almost feel like maybe they left a little something to be desired. You know, they weren't great against Chattanooga. The Missouri game, Missouri's turned out not to be very good. But then last two weeks, you know, big-name brand opponents, Florida and LSU, all of a sudden now, I think Kentucky's starting to pay off on what was some preseason buzz from a lot of the media types about being a little bit of a surprise team there in the SEC. These last couple of weeks against teams that we all know, Florida and LSU, even if LSU's not what they once were, you know that's the, right. that, 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 that's a good way to build your case coming into a game like this on Saturday when you're beating those name-brand teams. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, the last time they beat LSU and Florida in the same year, I was still in college. Wow. So that gives you, that gives you an idea of what uh, Kentucky's done. You know, Stoopsie's done a really good job, and I don't think he gets enough credit. And, you know, right now he would probably be the coach of the year in the SEC. Now there's a lot of football left. Like you said, we got a half a season to go. But, um, you know, he's built that team around kind of his personality, that they're tough. Um, their offensive line is, is big, and they like to move bodies, and they've got, you know, two really good running backs in Rodriguez and, and Cavazier-Smith.
smoke, and they're both capable of going over 100 yards. And then, you know, the biggest addition really is the quarterback. When Levis came over in the transfer portal, uh, he's made a huge difference. You know, he can throw it. Um, you know, he's a really good runner, and, and that adds, you know, another problem for Georgia's defense And that this is probably, I guess, uh, you know, I shouldn't say the most complete quarterback they've seen, but I know, you know, Bo Nix gives people problems, but he didn't give Georgia problems last week. This guy can do both throw and run, and, it, it, you know, it's going to cause some uh, problems for the Georgia defense, although they haven't had a lot of problems with anybody, so we'll have to kind of wait and see. <laughs> well, Brad, I tell but, you no, Kentucky's, Kentucky's a really solid team. This should be a good matchup. I really appreciate you spending time with us here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by ESOG here today. We're looking forward to having CBS in Athens on Saturday. It's always such a great telecast. Should be a fun day all the way around. So we'll look forward to seeing you and uh, and uh, Gary Danielson, Jamie Erdahl there on the uh, call there on Saturday afternoon. And hope the uh, Classic City treats you well, as I'm sure it always does. It always does. Thanks, Brandon. Good to be with you, man. Good stuff there from Brad Nesser from CBS Sports. And by the way, big, big thanks to all of you for being with us there today as well. And remind you as we head towards the weekend, a lot of fun picks that you can make on some games there too. Of course, we'll do that with you later on this week with our, our Go With The Flow, but also a reminder that you can make your own picks as well when you check out my friends at BetUS. It's America's most uh, beloved sports book, popular sports book, been around for more than 25 years. And you don't stay around that long unless you're taking really good care of your players. That means big-time perks, big-time incentives. That's obviously what uh, BetUS is known for. In fact, when you sign up for the very first time, they've got maybe even the biggest of them all right now because you can use the promo code DN125. The DN stands for Dog Nation. The 125 stands for 125% because that's the 125% sign-up bonus that you're going to get. That literally means you're going to have more money in your account than you started with. They're going to give you more money than you put in yourself. Uh, you are literally a winner before you place your first bet, but you've got to use the promo code DN125 to take advantage of that. BetUS.com, DN125 is the promo code, and 125% is your initial sign-up bonus and all that. So check out BetUS today. All right, so uh, we're going to have a lot of fun golden shoes. I'm talking about, like, you can tell that Georgia's number one because our golden shoe submissions are just the best they've been. People have raised their level of play. Our buddy Bass and Dog's got a great one here, and... So I think this is supposed to be the Mona Lisa. Is this what's supposed to be a, uh, a thing of? And I got to tell you, so it's the great photo of Lad McConkie that you might have seen just trampling over the Auburn guy. It's like the kind of the photo you dream about having. But let me tell you the work that gets done here. To have the painting of the McConkie over the Auburn guy and then all the phones taking a picture of it. Uh, Bass and Dog says hung it in the Louvre. Uh, and all the phones are taking a picture, and they've got the uh, painting on them there as well. This is like precision craftsmanship. Bass and Dog, uh, amazing stuff all the way around there. He says, go dogs, beat everybody. He's our golden shoe winner for today. And we will uh, see you tomorrow. Also remind you, Gator Hater Countdown, 18 days from now. Dogs, get some revenge against those lousy, stinking gators. It's Dog Nation Daily, presented by ESOG, and we're back with you again tomorrow. And on the podcast, time now of the R.S. Andrews podcast cooldown, where we take your comments on the things of today's show and previous shows there as well. By the way, lots of folks kind of getting involved here about the Jordan Davis for Heisman campaign. First of all, Frankie Fibonacci checking in to give you a look at what Ugga 10 would be like in the tuxedo going to New York City to help represent Jordan Davis there. Our buddy Barkalot shows up with his own version of the Jordan Davis for Heisman campaign. The dude and Drew gives you a JD to NYC hashtag. This is happening, folks.
It's a, it's on its way to happening. That's really, really fun stuff. By the way, R.S. Andrews online, rsandrews.com for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, electric needs. Our buddy Jim Dog 85 also checks in to say great game on Saturday. Stetson did exactly what he needed to do to protect the football and keep the offense moving. I was particularly excited when he pulled the ball from the running back on the read option play and took off for 30-yard gain. This is a play they've been running for a long time, but really as the quarterback pulled the ball and run. How many times did Fromm have the backside wide open but chose to give the ball to a running back into the line? He says it drove me crazy sometimes. I don't think we'll be seeing JT Daniels running that play given his injury history, but it's a great way to keep the defense honest. Yeah, Bennett's really good at that. There's no doubt his mobility uh, matters. How much does it matter? You know, folks may debate, but there's no doubt that Stetson Bennett certainly has that as a part of his repertoire. Repertoire? Uh, Stead says uh, showed a lot of moxie running the ball as he really elevated his play from last year. He took a couple of big shots, including the targeting call, but always bounced back up. As Kirby has said, the best ability is availability. (laughs) I don't know that Kirby Smart's the one that made that uh, phrase famous, uh, but it is certainly uh, shown up in a uh, conversation a time or two. And Stead has answered the bell. I still think JT's the superior quarterback, but he needs to get back in the lineup. I was watching the quarterbacks warm up prior to the game, and Bennett was firing his pass into the receivers while JT was lobbing them in to not risk aggravating his injury, I assume. Kirby said that he was ready to go if needed, but you could tell from warm-ups he was not planning to play except in an emergency. That thankfully never came. That said, JT needs to get some live game reps before the bye week with the expectation that he'll probably start against Florida. Yeah, I mean, listen, and I think it's a good comment from Jim Dog there. I mean, for me, there's no lack of clarity about who Georgia's best quarterback is. If available, that's JT Daniels. But at the same time, it's not one of those things where Georgia sits around in a panic and worried about when, when Daniel's going to come back. That would be a disrespect to Stetson Bennett to, to feel that way, given the way that Bennett's playing right now. It's also a disrespect to you know, Daniels maybe to say that somehow he's been supplanted as the starter at Georgia over the course of the last couple of weeks by what's going on. The truth is Georgia's in a great position to have, uh, I think, a high-quality starting quarterback in JT Daniels, what's clearly turned out to be a high-quality backup quarterback instead of Bennett that's just a good scenario for UGA all the way around it's fascinating to watch itself play out and I think part of what's going on here is not just the fact that Bennett has stepped in and played well in place of Daniels although that's a big big part part of this is also the fact that Georgia has through combination of team chemistry and just the intensity of practices and uh, the focus of, of the team They've been able to kind of buy into Bennett and build around Bennett this concept that Georgia just simply won't be denied right now. So some of this is the success of Bennett, truly, and some of this is also the way in which this team right now has that insatiable intent to focus on the task at hand no matter what it is. Go out and win the game with a backup quarterback – that job's not too big for UGA right now, or really seemingly any other injury. They've all been easily overcome by the dogs thus far, and I think they should get some credit for that. Our, our buddy Forestry Dog also gives us a funny thing here. He always has some, some great stuff here. Uh, how about a Goodyear Gators travel mug? Uh, really funny. He says, to commemorate Florida's loss to LSU last year. Uh, it's very funny. Very, very funny. He says he even actually put that on a travel mug. Uh, really, really good stuff. That's uh, very, very entertaining. Our buddy Forestry Dog's always sending some great stuff along the way with all of that. So we appreciate your comments as part of our R.S. Andrews podcast, Cool Down Each and Every Day. I invite you to check out R.S. Andrews online at rsandrews.com for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, and electric needs. They'll show up on time. They'll do the work that's promised for the price that's promised. Hope all of you have a great day, and we'll see you back here tomorrow for more Dog Nation Daily presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. We'll look forward to talking to you then.